Play it again, Sam. When you think you're ready, come down to Crazy Eddie. The man who's got most everything in stereo sound. So come on down and put him to the test. See whose prices really are the best. He'll fix you up with a sound to fit your face and guarantee a smile upon your face. And so the story is told across the whole wide world. Crazy Eddie will not ever be understood. Crazy Eddie, his prices are insane. Eddie Antar is back in the U.S. and will be spending his first day in New Jersey's Union County Jail. U.S. Marshals took Antar, better known as Crazy Eddie, to the federal courthouse in Newark for processing after he was extradited from Israel. Antar faces federal fraud charges now that his nearly three years on the run have come to an end. Eddie Antar disappeared back in February of 1990, charged along with two of his brothers and a cousin of stealing millions of dollars from the Crazy Eddie chain he founded. Antar fled to Israel, where for nearly three years he tried to seek asylum. He was arrested there in June and was extradited to the U.S. Sunday. Antar returns to face federal fraud charges for allegedly cheating investors of more than $70 million. If you lived in the New York metropolitan area in the 1970s and 80s, you might remember a consumer electronics chain by the name of Crazy Eddie. Almost from the beginning, Crazy Eddie's management engaged in various forms of fraud. The Antars deliberately falsified their books to reduce or eliminate their taxable income. They also paid employees off the books and regularly skimmed thousands of dollars in cash earned at the shops. For every $5 Crazy Eddie reported as income, a dollar was taken by the Antars. In 1979, the Antars began depositing much of this money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, in Israeli bank accounts. The Antar family skimmed an estimated three to four million dollars per year at the height of their fraud. In one offshore bank account, the family deposited more than six million dollars between 1980 and 1983. The Crazy Eddie fraud is truly one for the history books and remains one of the largest white collar frauds in American history. The Crazy Eddie fraud may appear smaller and gentler than the massive billion dollar frauds exposed in recent times. However, the 18 year crime spree conducted in the light of day serves as a fascinating case study of the multiple methods of deceit that white collar criminals routinely engage in. The evolution of the Crazy 80 crime drama illustrates how petty, easily rationalized criminal infractions can escalate into serious and complex frauds and conspiracies without so much as a thought given to concepts such as morality, ethics, and justice. Morality, ethics, and justice are for the other guys, the victims. The Crazy Eddie saga has even left an indelible mark on pop culture. Here's Joe Rogan talking about it uh, on his podcast. 
I watched a thing the other day on Crazy Eddie. Do you remember Crazy Eddie? Yeah, Crazy was... Eddie. His prices are insane. Did you know what Crazy Eddie did? Well, tell everybody who Crazy Eddie was. Crazy Eddie was a guy that had stores in all five boroughs of New York. Wholesale outlets. TVs. Stereos, TVs, and everything like that. I saw. I was watching MSNBC, uh, Greed. They have a series called there Greed. <laughs> Give us... Let me hear this, motherfucker. Oh, no. That's the DVDs, 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 stereos, different telephones, telephone answering machines, anything and everything at home entertainment. And what the home appliances do. Remember, we are not undersold. We will not be undersold. We cannot be undersold. And we mean it. Shannon knows that the best deals in town are crazy Eddie's during crazy Eddie's. Chris, let's blow up. Let's be crazy Eddie now. His prices are insane. <laughs> He's wearing a Santa Claus outfit. He's going fucking crazy with fake snow in the background. He... Fucking like just this, like he like hit it out of the park. Didn't he go to Israel? He, he went to flee? Israel to hide to yeah. flee. But the most brilliant thing he did was he took it either. Don't don't fucking you know check fact me on this. He took it either his nephew, his son-in-law, somebody that he was related to through blood, put him through college so he could get a job at the IRS so they could figure out how to rob from the IRS. <laughs> this is how fucking insane this guy was. I'm watching this diet and how they got Crazy oh my Eddie. God. Right, Crazy Eddie fled after he started just buying boxes. You know how you, remember years ago you would be driving in, in New York and there was some guy selling stereo speakers. Yeah. And then you'd take them home and it was two bricks. Yep. Well, he did the same thing to investors. He took boxes, filled them up with bricks and just stocked them in a warehouse and then he went public. So he got everybody to come down and look at all his inventory and all these fact checkers. They're checking boxes with bricks in them. Whoa. And he had, I mean, five fucking warehouses all around. They were all fake. And he got all this money. He fled to Israel. And he fled for a while, but they knew he was a pussy hound. <laughs> right? So they got him like Escobar style. They got him like, you know, on the phone, like I'm going to the store, something crazy. And what they did was they put a blonde on the side of the road with, with a miniskirt. And they knew eventually he would drive by and stop. No. And he stopped. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they nailed him. Eddie recruited his cousin, Sam E. Antar, also known as Sammy, to assist the company with its fraud. Sammy earned a degree in accounting in 1980 and served his apprenticeship with Penn and Horowitz, Crazy Eddie's auditor. In 1986, Sam was named Chief Financial Officer of the company. Sammy was informed that there was a $3 million deficit from the previous year's inventory fraud that needed to be hidden. Additionally, he was instructed to find ways to show a 10% growth in sales. One of Sammy's major schemes was a money laundering operation later known as the Panama Pump. Money that the Antars had deposited in Israeli banks was transferred to banks in Panama. These accounts opened using false names, then drafted payments to Crazy Eddie. This money was largely used to inflate same-store sales totals for the company. It was not even originally Crazy Eddie. The corporation that owned it was ERS Electronics for the initials Eddie, Ronnie, and Sam. Eddie is Crazy Eddie Antar. Ronnie was a cousin and Sam was Eddie's dad. Sam M. Antar, as opposed to me, which would be known as Sam E. Antar. Uh, Sam, uh, Sam M. Antar set up his nephew, Ronnie and Eddie, in a consumer electronics store. 
on 1117 Kings Highway, East 12th Street and Kings Highway, where they sold consumer electronics. It was known as Sights and Sounds. It didn't become known as Crazy A's until years later. Well, summer time is here, right? And you're probably spending a lot of time around the old pad, or maybe even in your apartment. Well, if you need some good stereo gear to put that time all together, Sights and Sounds on Kings Highway in Brooklyn can supply it. And for the least bread possible, they've got all the best equipment, brands like Sony, Morantz, JBL, Infinity, Citation, or any name brand, the prices that can't repeat. You've also got the largest sound room around, so uh, you know what you're buying before you buy it, and you know you really like it first. Come on down and speak to Crazy Eddie. <laughs> for a really crazy deal on any hi-fi system. He taught me how to laugh like that. They're open six days a week till 10, and every Sunday from noon to 5. And if you still don't have the time, you call up and ask Crazy Eddie for an insane price quote on any total system. The number is 376-9774. They've also got a great selection of albums and tapes at some really great prices. Sights and Sounds is located at King's Highway at East 12th Street in Brooklyn. They're the stereo store that will not be undersold. You bet you're Crazy Eddie. Here's a commercial for ERS Electronics from 1971. They were the electronics store. That was where you went to get the great deal. Crazy Eddie had better name recognition than Coca-Cola. The chain crushed the competition. Its market dominance became unstoppable. Oh, Crazy Eddie's. Crazy Eddie's. Thank you, sir. Go get the best price you can find and then come to Crazy A's and we'll beat it. Crazy Eddie expanded at a phenomenal rate. What began as a single outlet in Brooklyn had by 1987 grown into a vast empire of 39 superstores that employed more than 2,000 people. At the zenith, the company was the largest electronics retailer in the tri-state area. The insatiable appetite for Crazy Eddie's deals drove the stock price ever higher. Its eventual market capitalization at its peak was over $600 million. But what nobody knew was... Insane! The Crazy Eddie empire was a massive fraud. Crazy Eddie brought this company public to defraud the public. There's no doubt in my mind at all. The company's founder, Eddie Antar, had done a lot more than just cook the books. He employed an amazing array of techniques never seen before and lined his pockets with over $200 million in cash. The question is, how did he do it? Here's some audio from a CNBC uh, documentary that uh, both uh, Eddie and Sam Antar had participated in. Herb Greenberg with the story of two cousins confronting the past and each other. He brought us up to be crooks, Eddie. He taught everything I became came from you, Eddie. Okay? Now, I don't blame myself, but everything I became, I learned from you. Well, so don't play that game with me. I guess and don't try to control the topic of conversation. You, I guess you must You're not big shit anymore, Eddie. You, I, okay? I guess You're a two-bit thug, just like I am. Yeah, I guess so stop must, playing games. We'll have more of this tortured family reunion later. And while it's difficult watching them interact today, 40 years ago, when they were kids, Sam Antar always looked up to cousin Eddie Antar, always eager to please. They grew up together in Brooklyn, and when Eddie offered Sam a job at his electronics store, Sam jumped at the chance. The chain rose to prominence throughout the tri-state region as much for its prices as for its memorable radio and television commercials featuring a frenetic, crazy character played by radio DJ Jerry Carroll. Beat the heat! 
Feed the heat with a fan or air conditioner from Crazy Eddie. Get the guaranteed lowest sale prices anywhere on electric fans and air conditioners. It's going to be a long, hot summer. And the prices of electric fans and air conditioners are going to go up, up, up with the temperature. So get an electric fan or air conditioner on sale from Crazy Eddie now. Shop around. Get the lowest sale prices you can find. Then go to Crazy Eddie and he'll beat them. So be cool and beat the heat. See Crazy Eddie now. His prices are insane. Get a video game for Christmas. It's Crazy Eddie's greatest Christmas sale ever. And Crazy Eddie's going video game crazy for Christmas with the absolute lowest prices anywhere in all your favorite video games. Atari Odyssey 2 and Television, Astrocade, Vectrex, Arcadia, ColecoVision. Crazy Eddie's got them all. All the latest game cartridges too. All of the absolute lowest prices anywhere. Crazy Eddie's your video game center. The only place to buy video games and game cartridges. So get a video game for Christmas now. You're in Crazy Eddie's greatest Christmas sale ever. His prices are insane. Compre un nuevo estéreo, un televisor a color, un estéreo para el auto, un CD, un Sony Betamax, un telejuego, pero cómprelo ya, porque en precios nadie le gana a Crazy Eddie, son tan bajos que casi lo regala todo. Salga de compras, busque los mejores precios que puede encontrar, entonces venga a Crazy Eddie, le irá mejor. Llame al 645-1196. Recuerde, Crazy Eddie le garantiza la mayor selección, personal profesional en centros de servicio y los precios más bajos. Venga a Crazy Eddie ya, porque los precios de Crazy Eddie son una locura. I recently had an opportunity to speak with Sam Antar himself, Crazy Eddie's cousin, who played a vital role in the entire Crazy Eddie fraud scheme. Sam, thanks for uh, being willing to speak with me today. Thank you for having me on the air. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So uh, let's jump right into it. Now, my objective here was really to allow Sam to tell the story in his words. I mean, who better other than crazy eddie himself uh could tell the story behind everything that happened and um my only objective my only goal was to allow sam to speak and really just tell the story in his words the following is just part of my conversation with sam antar so i hope you enjoy around 1971 eddie engages in this war with the manufacturers of a price fixing and wins the war. Right. And that gains Eddie notoriety as a discounter. Also, Eddie was di- also Eddie's discounts to consumers was financed in large part by the fact that he was scaling the sales taxes because he wasn't reporting his cash sales. Hmm. So Eddie had, number one, the notoriety from beating the manufacturers on fair trade. But number two is the ability to discount and charge lower than everybody else. Because we were, you know, we were garden variety income tax evasion. We weren't, <laughs> we weren't reporting our income. Right, right. That added profitability allowed us to start spending money on advertising. And Crazy Eddie's becomes even more well-known because of the ads that were, that flipped the New York metropolitan area 24-7. In fact, at one point in time, Crazy Eddie had greater name recognition than Coca-Cola. Wow. So, so. Those annoying, crazy Eddie ads uh, helped us become even more profitable. <laughs> then we were, helped, we were helped by the fact that Saturday Night Live, Dan Aykroyd did a parody on Crazy Eddie called Crazy Ernie, where he mimicked the Crazy Eddie commercial. And that gave us implied credibility, but Saturday Night Live was poking fun at us. It's more and more customers flocked. So by the mid-1970s, Crazy Eddie is a huge, is a profitable company, a growing retail chain. By 1979, Crazy 80s has 10 stores. The Antars are making money hand over fist. And most of the money they're making is tax-free because they're not disclosing 
uh, they're not reporting most of their income. Mm-hmm. At that point, Eddie has this new vision that he wants to take Crazy Eddie's to the next level. He wants the company to go public. Now, how does he get to the next level? Well, we have to go back a little bit. I started Crazy Eddie's in 1971. I'm a stock boy. I'm a nerd. I read the Wall Street Journal in my spare time. <laughs> um, I, I love reading about the stock market and things like that. And Eddie wanted to cultivate me to be the financial brains behind the company. By 1975, I am now about 18 years old. And now Eddie is sending me off to college to get a degree in accounting and eventually become a CPA so I can advise the family on next steps to take as the business expands. Hmm. He wanted his own numbers man on the inside. By 1979, 1980, I'm graduating from college, and I'm already like a key advisor, like a wartime concierge, Eddie Antoine's <laughs> father and his brothers, which ran the, the uh, family business. And I said to them that one of the things that, he, is, that a public company is, is different than a private company is that in a public company, you are valued at a multiple of income. So in other words, if you are not reporting all of your income, your company is going to have a lower valuation and you're not going to be able to sell your stock for as much money as you can get if you reported all of your income. So if Crazy Eddie's hypothetically is making $10 million but was, but was skimming $5 million, well, our reported income would be $5 million and we'd be only valued on the basis of the $5 million that we reported, not the $10 million we were making. <clears throat> so, we start a process whereby, starting in 1979-1980, we gradually reduced our skimming in order to prepare to go public, because we didn't know what year we were going to actually go public. Right, right. In other words, um, starting in 1979, 1979, we had $3 million in net skimming. What I mean by net skimming is our gross skimming was probably over $10 million, but we used some of the skimming to pay cash expenses, and our net skimming, that's our skimming profit, so to speak. So we had about $3 million in net skimming by 1979. By 1984, the year we won public, we had zero net skimming. And the gradual reduction in skimming over those years meant that Crazy A's was reporting higher and higher profits each year by virtue of the fact that we were stealing less from the internal revenue service each year and and disclosing more and more of our cash sales each year. So instead of our income growing by, say, 5% a year from 1979 to 1984, it actually tripled over that five-year period, only basically by virtue of gradually reducing our skimming. By way of example, if I'm making $10 million, hypothetically, and I'm skimming $5 million, the world only thinks I'm making $5 million. In year two, let's say I make the same $10 million, even though I open up a much, much more store. Okay? Right. But instead of, instead of skimming $5 million, I skim $4 million. So the world now thinks my profits jump from $5 million to $6 million. But the reality is my profits only jumped by virtue of the fact that I was skimming less and less money each year. So by 1984, we skimmed nothing. That was the only year that we actually reported legitimate numbers. Wow. And that's the year that we go public. And we went public based upon a higher income than we were reporting in previous years. 
by virtue of the fact that we're spending less and less money each year. The economics of, of this whole crazy Eddie fraud was as follows. You get a bigger bang for the buck overstating your income as a public company, even if it means overpaying your taxes, than you do understating your income as a private company, even though you're evading your taxes. Because as a public company, you're valued at a multiple of earnings. By way of example, if I have, say, a million dollars in income, but I'm not showing it, and there's a 40% tax rate, I'm evading $400,000 in income taxes, a million dollars that I'm not, that I'm not reporting, right. uh, 40% tax rate, $400,000. Now, if I become a public company and I take that and I inflate my income by that same million dollars, I may overpay my taxes by $400,000, okay? Mm -hmm. But I still have an inflated after-tax income of $600,000. million dollars in inflated pre-tax income minus the overpayment of $400,000 in taxes equals $600,000 in inflated uh, net income. And if my company is valued at 30 times net income, I'm creating $18 million in fictional wealth, even though... I overpaid my taxes by $400,000. And the Antar reaped the benefit of that inflated uh, valuation of Crazy Eddie because they own most of the stock. So the Crazy Eddie fraud pretty much evolved as follows. From 1969 to 1979, were garden variety income tax evaders. In other words, we're understating it, we're profitable, we're, we're making money, but understating our income. Right. From 1979 to 1984, we're still understating our income, but by less and less amounts each year until we stop understating our income. From 1984 to 1987, we're a public company, and now we do the reverse. We overpay. <laughs> we overpay our taxes because we're inflating our income, but we're making much, much more in return because we're selling our stock at inflated prices. In fact, one of the frauds that Crazy Eddie did was known as the Panama Pump. In that, as I said, we skim money from 1969 to 1984 as a private company. Now we're a public company. So we take some of the money that we skim, let's say $2 million that we skim after we won public. Right. right? I'm sorry, we take $2 million that we skim before we won public, and we put it into Crazy Eddie's as revenue after we won public. So in effect, we're paying taxes on money that we previously skimmed. But because the money goes into Crazy Eddie and inflated our after-tax income by $1.2 million, we put $2 million into Crazy Eddie, we overpay our taxes by $800,000, we have an inflated net income of $1.2 million, right? Mm -hmm. Our valuation goes up by about $30 to $40 million in the Antares on most of the stock and sold their stock at inflated prices. So basically, they took the money they previously skimmed and they put it back in the company. They laundered it back into Crazy Eddie. <laughs> that team is known as the Panama Pump because the money was funneled from Israel to Panama to the United States. That scheme was the basis of a movie called The Accountant with Ben Affleck. And he says it in the middle of the movie around an hour and one minute into the movie. He says, it's Crazy Eddie's and the Panama Pump. The whole scheme of the movie was, was a fraud that was originated by the Crazy Eddie fraud. It's known as the Panama Pump. As you clearly heard Sam say there, the Crazy Eddie crime spree evolved in essentially three phases. Phase one, 1969 to 1979, 
They were skimming and underreporting income prior to the big plan to go public. Phase two, 1980 to 1984. They were gradually reducing the skimming to increase profit growth in preparation for the initial public offering. And then phase three, 1984 to 1987. As a public company, Crazy Eddie overstated income to help insiders dump stock at inflated prices using a variety of fraudulent tricks. Around 1980, the company decided to go public. They reasoned that Crazy Eddie as a public company could unload their stock at inflated prices on unsuspecting victims. This would be more profitable than just simply skimming cash sales, tax evasion, and paying employees off the books. They anticipated getting a bigger bang for their buck by inflating earnings as a public company. When a public company reports a profit, those earnings are divided by each share of common stock outstanding to compute earnings per share. If a company reported a million dollars profit and has one million shares outstanding, its earnings per share is one dollar per share. One million dollars profit divided by one million shares outstanding. A public company stock is traded at a multiple of earnings known as the price earnings ratio or PE ratio. Wall Street, the epicenter of high finance. The place where private businesses raise millions to expand their operations. In 1984, investment firms fought to take a chain of electronics stores called Crazy Eddie public. It was one of the hottest IPOs in Wall Street history and the stock went up like a rocket 